With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and it is just me on this recap episode today. I want to wish, first of all, a Merry Christmas to everyone listening and or watching, as I don't know if you're listening or watching on Christmas Day or after. I'm hoping to put this out either on Christmas Day before that. Um, I'm recording at 6 o'clock here on Christmas Eve, so once again, a Merry Christmas to all. Uh, The Giants lose this game by a score of 27-24 on a Greg Joseph game-winning field goal, the longest in his career. 61-yarder walk-off for the Minnesota Vikings as they get another game-winning drive, game-winning field goal, game-winner on the season, whatever you want to call it. Uh, They had one last week against the Colts as they pulled off the greatest comeback uh, points-wise in NFL history. They now become 8-1 at home, 12-3 on the year, while with the Giants' loss, they are now 4-3 away and and 8-6-1 on the season. Now, yes, the New York Giants dropped this game as they could have won and they would have clinched a playoff spot with the Seattle Seahawks as well as the Detroit Lions losing their games respectively um, against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if I did that order correctly of the games and the teams, but that doesn't matter because the Giants lost and that's all that we care about. And... With that being said, um, no, I am not happy with the loss. I don't think any Giants fan is happy with the loss. If you're happy with losing, um, you know, I I guess it, it really depends on the circumstance. I'm not happy that the Giants lost this game. What I am, though, is I am proud of this New York Giants team for the way that they fought in this game today. There were ups, there were downs, but... I want to say there are more ups than downs in this game. And Daniel Jones throwing his first interception since, I want to say, the Detroit Lions game. And honestly, it was just a better read by Patrick Peterson than it was a bad throw by Daniel Jones. He was pressured. He threw it away. We have not seen that from really Daniel Jones at all this season besides maybe two or three times. And that on its own along with his stat line of going 30 for 42 with over 300 yards passing and a touchdown is key to why Daniel Jones is earning his way to a contract for the New York Giants. In the beginning of the season, just to remind you, Giants, the Giants, the new general manager, Joe Shane, the new head coach, Brian Dable, although they do trust the guy, they said, prove it to me, to us. They did not give him the fifth-year option, and he's going into free agency. Going to free agency right now, I see Daniel Jones re-signing with this New York Giants team because he has played well this season and today was just another showing of that not only did he complete 
uh, 30 out of 42 pass attempts. He also ran the ball for four uh, four runs for 34 yards, which is about nine yards per, per run. And I wish he did. He does. I I wish he did. Uh, you know, run out of the pocket more to the left or the right side of the backfield to kind of survey his options for longer, as his blocks were. Not bad today. I want to say Evan Neal, you know, is getting better throughout the season. I mean, this Minnesota Vikings defensive line is pretty good. This team overall is pretty good for them to be 12-3 and and earn their playoff spot. I want to say today, they already clinched their division, I think, but um, officially I think they get the bye. I'm not 100% sure. It doesn't matter. But I think if Daniel Jones scrambled a little bit more to the left or the right side to earn himself, I think, more time would be a little bit helpful to look for those wide receivers. And that's the next thing I want to go to. And don't worry, we'll get to Saquon Barkley, but I want to talk about these wide receivers because, again, we have to remember that the top need for the New York Giants right now is at the wide receiver position. Yes, you can look at our guards and our interior offensive line, which is what I mean by guards. Maybe even the center of John Feliciano could look for a backup, but it's the guards. It's the cornerbacks. And I want to say those are like the top needs for the team. But the main need is wide receiver. As our number one wide receiver on the team, I don't even know who it is anymore. I guess you could say it's Darius Slayton. Is it Isaiah Hodgins? Is it Richie James? All three are kind of intertwined at this point. You would say it's Darius Slayton because Slayton actually started the team, uh, started the year on the team, on the roster as like what the second or third string wide receiver behind Sterling Shepard and maybe Kenny Galladay. Oh, Kadarius Tony was also on the team at that point. So... Darius Slayton started the year as probably the third or fourth string guy, and now has probably moved up to like number one. Because then you look behind him, you look at Richie James, who on any other team would probably be a practice squad player, a special teams player, a third, fourth, maybe even string wide receiver on another team. He would be benched. He would not be playing on basically any other NFL roster besides the Giants. Today, Richie James leads the Giants wide receivers with 90 yards on eight catches. It's about 11 yards each catch. Let's go to another guy. Isaiah Hodgins, eight catches, 89 yards. Again, about 11 yards per catch. He also had a touchdown in that amazing drive by the New York Giants to go down the field against adversity. The best wide receiver in the NFL. This is not even a debate. You look at his stats. They show them today in the Fox broadcast. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL. He scored a touchdown late. They go up 24-16. The Giants need to go down the field. And they, 75 yards down the field, excuse me, they need to go down the field 75 yards, and they, they need to get a touchdown. Not only do they need a touchdown, they need a touchdown and a two-point conversion with whatever it is, like three minutes left in the game, after Justin Jefferson basically put a nail in the coffin to what it looked like to many Giants fans. When it seemed like, oh, maybe we'll force a field goal, it was like, I think, a third down, right? Kirk Cousins, maybe get sacked, uh... Week Martindale, defensive coordinator of the New York Giants, sends the house, sends the pressure. Nope, he gets it away. Justin Jefferson reaches in, dives, touchdown, Vikings take the lead. You think maybe it's all over, but maybe it's not. And that's what Daniel Jones and this offense told you. It wasn't. They went down 75 yards. Saquon Barkley on a very risky call. I think it was a fourth down, right? A fourth and two. I saw Saquon Barkley in the backfield, whether it was to the left or to the right of Daniel Jones in the pocket, and I was like thinking to myself, I didn't say it out loud, is it possible they run it here? I mean, it's not the worst option. It's a short, short gain, uh, but obviously our wide receivers aren't like amazing options. Do you run it here? Well, that's what they do, and Saquon Barkley 
made one move, ran 27 yards, and got a touchdown. Immediately, he throws up two fingers. Go for two. We know that's going to have to happen. So, you got to pick your best play. Your best play in the red zone, your best play that you want to get in the end zone to end it. And let's get two points. Let's get this game tied up at a 24, right? 24-22 at this point. So, the Giants run a motion play with Saquon Barkley running to the right. It looked like that was their number one option. Daniel Jones lobs it, finds Daniel Bellinger in the back of the end zone. Yes, Patrick Peterson was almost there. I want to say it was a really good throw, though, from Daniel Jones to Bellinger. After earlier, Bellinger in the game kind of gets a little bit of his... Um, what was I going to say? He get he kind of gets it back. There's a better word I'm looking for now. I'm like trying to figure it out in my head what it is. But, um, you know, after earlier in the game when he basically gets punched right in the ribs and the stomach, uh, which he looked a little shaken up after that play, um, and, you know, fumbled it after the Giants were driving down the field and in uh, the red zone almost, I want to say, he kind of gets a little bit momentum back on his side um, after that play. So I give credit. Uh, to Daniel Bellinger there. I give credit to that Giants offense. Being able to drive down the field, that might have been the best drive of the Giants season right there. Who knows? Uh, but they're able to get that going. They're able to make it a 24-24 to game. Now, Wink Martindale's defense. I, I, like, I don't know what else to say here I, besides the fact that we know what they do. You know, he likes to send the house. He likes to blitz everyone. And... It's just what he did again today. Now, is it the right decision? Because he does it on, I think it was a third down. Sends the house. Whatever it was, eight guys. The Giants had one-on-one coverage throughout and one safety. Justin Jefferson gets a completion. It's another third down, I want to say. Sends the house again. This time, it was successful. So... Sometimes it works for Martindale. Sometimes it doesn't. He's not going to change what he does. That is his way of the, as a defensive coordinator. He likes to send the house. He likes to send the blitz. And what he thinks is that it'll uh, make the quarterback either obviously take the sack because he's getting pressure to him or force the ball quicker than uh, he would normally and force an incompletion or a turnover. So... I give credit to Wink Martindale. I think this Giants defense played as best they could. And it just came down to one field goal. And Greg Joseph nails a career winner. A career long, which ends up being the winner. This New York Giants team had no idea that the Lions were losing and lost. No idea that they were able to clinch with a win as the Seahawks also lost. They found out after the game from the people, uh, from the reporters. I credit this Giants team a lot for the way that they played in this game against the Minnesota Vikings. What sucks to me the most, honestly, is that interception by Cordell Flott. I think that was a big momentum swing. If Cordell Flott is able to come up with that ball, that ball does not hit the turf in the second half. I think the Giants... I wouldn't say they could have ran away with this game, but I do think the Giants would have had a much higher percentage chance of coming away with the victory. But, he thinks he comes up with that ball. The Giants think they have a turnover. Giants fans think they uh, thinks there's a turnover. 
Then we come back from commercial on the Fox broadcast, and it says it's a booth review. The booth review takes forever. So what I'm thinking when the booth review is going down is that, oh, okay, so the booth review is taking a long time. Normally, when they take that long, that means they're really searching for evidence to being, to, you know, they're searching for evidence to um, change the play call. And normally when it takes that long, it means that this play is going to stand, right? No, wrong. Turns out the ball did hit the ground. The Minnesota Vikings retain possession. And eventually they, they make it a eight-point game. So I really do think that one play to me stands out, that if Cordell Flott comes up with that pick, secures it, that the New York Giants think they can go on and win this game. Besides that, how close they got to winning this game is sensational to me. Let's go to the next guy, Saquon Barkley. I talked about that touchdown. 14 carries, 84 yards, 6 yards per carry, 1 touchdown. It was the, the touchdown that uh, you know helped set up the 2-point conversion to tie the game at 24s. Saquon Barkley showed in this game why he's a pro bowler. And he fought through uh, tackles today. He made a good couple juke moves. He was also involved in the passing game with 8 catches for 49 yards. Um, the leading a pass catcher for this New York Giants team, not only the leading rusher for this Giants team and also helping, you know, uh, not helping, but also showing his mark in the NFL when it comes to rushing yards. He's one of the top guys in the NFL when it comes to that. Saquon Barkley is a pro bowler, another guy that's coming up on a contract year, another player that the Giants, I think, will probably re-sign or at least hope to re-sign. Bringing back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to be key in this offseason because you're going to want to keep those two guys together Two very important positions, obviously the number one important position on a team is the quarterback, and you follow that up by the running back, who already have chemistry, have been together for years. Yes, they're both coming up on contracts, you're going to have to pay them a, you know, a good amount of money uh, when you want to use cap room, I'm sure, to sign other pieces to help the team, like maybe a wide receiver in free agency, but you got to focus on bringing those two guys back first. And that's what I think the Giants will do this offseason. I think Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley, as of now, they still earn that. Um, I still think they deserve it. Let's move on to the defensive side of things. Jalen Smith, he had a sack today. He had a tackle for loss. I think that's the same. He also had a QB hit. I think I think that all goes under one thing. Uh, that was under one of the house sends of Wink Martindale's defense. Um, he even jumped though. He jumped on the uh, oh my gosh, what's what is it called? But on the fake snap by the uh, by Kirk Cousins in the backfield, and he jumped on that which alerted Kirk Cousins, okay, Jalen Smith is going to come, he's going to blitz. Cousins still doesn't get it off, Jalen Smith still gets the sack, so I give him credit there. Who else got a sack today? Landon Collins also got a sack, uh, which was pretty good. Landon Collins kept his eyes on the ball today. He also had a tackle for loss and a pass deflected. Collins, if you remember on that screenplay too, uh, I think it was Justin Jefferson who caught it uh, in the game, read that beautifully, read that perfectly came in and showed how much of a veteran he was, and he made the play. These quarterbacks, like, I know Justin Jefferson we talked about, he, the, he is the best in the NFL. And yes, Jefferson had 12 catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson, 13 catches, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. Those guys went off. I understand that. But let's look rushing the ball. Dalvin Cook, 14 carries for 64 yards. Okay. Madison with four carries for 17 yards. TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Justin Jefferson is one of the best, or is the best wide receiver in the NFL. The Giants cornerbacks not having a Dory Jackson for the fifth week straight. 
having to throw out guys like Fabian Moreau, who was a signing after the season started. If you haven't already, by the way, we talk about a lot of these things in our uh, in our preview with Justin Penick, which, by the way, it wasn't really a preview to the Vikings game. We, don't, we only talked about the game like right at the end. Besides that, it was like an overview of the season and what to look forward to in the future. So if you, ha- if you haven't already, go check out on podcast platforms that interview with Justin Penick. It was very informative, a great talk with him. But anyway, so we talk about Fabian Moreau and how you know this Giants cornerbacks team, uh, cornerback room is lacking. Sending a guy out there like Fabian Moreau, having Darnay Holmes go out there, having a you know pass deflection on a huge fourth down play, knocking it out of the hands of Justin Jefferson. Um, another guy like Cordell Fott, a rookie, had a pass deflection today. Nick McLeod. Like, yes, these guys got burnt on a few plays. And it is what it is. The Hawkinson play, I mean, what are you going to do? The guy comes down with that ball in the left corner of the end zone. Absolutely sensational play by Hawkinson. There is nothing more you can really do. Giants had two defenders there, one of them being Darnay Holmes, who was the last guy on that play. He's not able to come down with it. Hawkinson is. He's a big guy, bigger than Darnay Holmes at least. It is what it is. I also like to give credit to a guy who had a tackle for loss today. He had six tackles in general. Dexter Lawrence also showing why he is a pro bowler. Now, he didn't come up with a sack. He was on, I think, the uh, the legs of Kirk Cousins, um, and Cousins was able to get away from it. But Lawrence, once again, another good day for him, and he's really showing how good of a player he is in his, oh my gosh, now I don't even know, fourth or fifth season in the NFL. I don't know the number off the top of my head. We did have an injury in this game, and I want to talk about that now, um, that being the opposite side of Kayvon Thibodeau which was Aziz Ojolari, and I believe we have an update on him. I'm trying to search for that now. Again, I am recording this during the 4 o'clock window games, uh, so I don't. It's uh, 6 o'clock right now. Let's see what we got for Aziz Ojolari. The injury update with Ojolari is that I believe it's a sprained ankle. I'm going to double-check with Jordan Ron on, on Twitter. Uh, I think he was the guy that originally reported that news. Yes, so it was uh, outside linebacker Aziz Ojulari. He sprained his right ankle. It happened on his second quarter sack. He wanted to come back in but couldn't. Seemed optimistic he wouldn't be out for long. So hopefully we'll have Aziz Ojulari back by next week when the Giants face the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, it's, it's just really unfortunate. I mean, game winners suck against your team you love game I mean like obvious statement but you love game winners when they come for your team you hate them when they're against your team and this is probably a momentum crusher in the locker room I'm sure it was very silent but I think the Giants deserve credit where credit's due and they fought in this game and they played pretty freaking well and I give and again I'm not happy with the loss but I am proud of this Giants team and the way they fought today Graham Gano on special teams man automatic three for three with the long of that 55-yarder. And then you look to our punters, and Jamie Gillen had averaged of 43 yards per punt today. The only thing is, when Jamie Gillen is punting past the 50, and he's trying to pin the uh, Vikings deep, and you're trying to air it out, and you're in a dome, there is no excuse for having a punt that I think went to like the 16-yard line. I don't know. I know they got rid of Riley Dixon, I want to say it was last year, after his poor season. I'm kind of starting to lean towards get rid of Jamie Gillen as a Giants punter. I mean, if you don't agree with me, let me know in the YouTube comments or the reviews for the podcast uh, on your audio platforms. But I want Jamie Gillen out of here. 
right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I know no one's a huge special teams guy. I'm not even a huge special teams guy, but just what I've seen from Jamie Gillen, and then he has that pump block today. That That's even more of a reason. I, was, I didn't even think about that when I just brought that up. I thought about the punt where he had it um, when he's trying to pin them deep, so he airs it out, and you're in a dome, and you only hit it to like the 16, 17-yard line, whatever it was. But he also, he waited too long. He was trying to get the ball uh, set, and maybe it was a snap, whatever. But as a punter, you got to just get that shit away. And he doesn't. And that punt gets blocked, and that's a huge momentum shift for the Vikings that I want to say that was the drive that led to their touchdown uh, to make this game a 24-16 lead. So, Gillen, uh, at this point right now, how I'm feeling is he's got to go. I'd like to see another punter for the New York Giants next season, whether it's a guy in the draft. Uh, I'd rather be an undrafted rookie if you're going to look a rookie. Or you sign someone in free agency for not that much money. I do not want to see Jamie Gillen on the Giants next year right now. He's not doing it for me. Not doing it for me at all. I'm trying to think where else I was going to go after that. Uh, oh, yeah, just another thing with Jamie Gillen. I mean, also, there was the drop punt the other day, and then it looked like a rugby kick. Like, what the hell is he doing? He drops it, and then he kicks it. I don't know. I want Jamie Gillen out of here. Um, I want to, and then I already talked about them, but Darius Lane, 2 4, catch 79 yards. Just the wide receivers. I mean, two of them, two of our starters, Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins, I believe were not even intended to catch the ball much this season as wide receivers. Well, obviously, Isaiah Hodgins was literally a free agent signing during the season. I think Richie James was on the 53-man roster coming out of when the 53-man rosters came out in, in August or early September, but was projected most likely to be a punt returner, kick returner, special teams guy. That's it. Not even be out there when it comes to the offensive side of things as a wide receiver. Well, he's one of our top three wide receivers now. And Darius Slayton did his thing. He had a really good run after catch today with one of those uh, catches that he had. Almost 20 yards per catch. Um, really setting the tone as the number one wide receiver of the team. But I really think what you look back on, right, that could have gone like different ways. And there's a few plays. It's a Daniel Bellinger fumble uh, when it got punched out, which is a good job by the Vikings defense. But, you know, if he held on there, the Giants would have been either in or extremely close to the red zone. They could have hopefully gotten a touchdown, if not another field goal. You look back at that. You look back at Cordell Flott's almost interception. That would have been a huge momentum swing that I think honestly swung the momentum back to the Vikings when that play got overturned. Because you think about it as a Giants player. Flott goes to the sideline. He's on the sideline motioning. I caught it. I caught it. I caught it. Then he didn't catch it. The play gets overturned. He has to run back onto the field along with the entire Giants defense and try and make a stop. So I think it's the Bellinger uh, fumble. It's a flat drop. It's the Daniel Jones interception. A great job by Patrick Peterson. A very nice read. And we don't really see Jones do that all that much this season. A bad job by Jones. Although I just think it was a better read by Jones and a bad decision by... Um, it was a better read by Peterson than a bad decision by Jones. But again, I still I still say, I mean, it's a pick, pick is a pick. Jones still had a good game overall. Again, his final stat line, 30 for 42 with 334 yards. It's eight yards per, uh, about, you know, about per catch. And then running with four runs, uh, four carries for 34 yards. Jones had a pretty good day. So I think it's those three plays that really do it for you, that really set the tone. And... What are you going to do with with the defense on that final drive? Like, yeah, maybe if you played zone coverage, you drop back, you don't send eight guys on Kirk Cousins. 
Maybe the Giants, they end up going to overtime. Maybe they end up winning it. But at least maybe they end up going to overtime. Instead, Wink Martindale sends the house twice. One of them is one-on-one coverage with, I think it was Fabian Moreau and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson ends up gaining, like, whatever it was, 20 to 30 yards on a first down. That's just the risk you have to take. If you're Wink Martindale, you can't change your defensive system after, you know, because it's late in the game. You still do what you do best. You send the blitz. It's been working so far in the game. You do it. And it doesn't work out. It sucks. I know. But again, you have to remember, I don't want to say they were lucky, but they got a game-winning field goal. I mean, what the hell are you going to do? 61-yard, career-long field goal for Greg Joseph. But anyway, the Giants end up going... Uh, their record, sorry, ends up now 8-6-1. and one. They're going to be playing the Indianapolis Colts, I want to say, next week. And you got you know, you to hope for a win. The Giants have only... Is it only a couple games left this season? I think it's Indianapolis next week, and then the week after that is another game against the, uh, I think the Philadelphia Eagles. And then that's just, that's the season, and with one more win, the Giants should make it to the playoffs and be in the playoff picture in the wild card spot. This is the game to do it against the Indianapolis Colts. Just remember, you went up against one of the best teams in the NFL, the Minnesota Vikings, who are now twelve and three, were eleven and three at the time. And you almost beat them. You only lost by three. It was a game-winning field goal that set, uh, that changed the score from being a tie in this game and gave them the win. That's where I want to end it. And um, a few things you can do to help support the podcast. Hit the subscribe button down below. Drop a like on this video. Really appreciate it. Um, you can follow us on social media, the Giant Take Pod on uh, Twitter and uh, oh whoa, Twitter and TikTok, the uh, Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Joshua29, and I appreciate you listening or watching. It's hard doing these solo recordings uh, when you don't have a partner to kind of bounce back and forth with. But I hope I I did my best to recap the game. I hope I remembered most things. I know sometimes it gets a little spacey. I like kind of putting my raw reactions out so I don't spend too much time kind of going through the game or rewatching the game because I want to I wanna really get my raw reactions out to the public. So, again, I appreciate you listening and watching up to this point. Thanks for staying with me. Hey, it's an unfortunate loss. It's a game-winning field goal. It is what it is. I'm not happy with this team, but I'm proud of the performance they put up today. Go New York Giants, and uh, I will see you. Uh, you know, Stay tuned towards next Friday for a Giants versus Colts preview. See you next time. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.